Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Rich Allen and Robert Ben. It's awards time, so fix your dicky bows and prepare your bombshells, as it seems in France at least, as the 2019 Jeff Fan Award Show is, and all its glamour are upon us. Uh, but we will take a brief moment to look at the news, and then we'll head straight into the awards. Dijon will remain in Ligue 1 as they beat Lens 4-2 on aggregate in the relegation playoff final. A 1-0 draw at the Ligue 2 club on Thursday was boosted by a huge 3-1 win for the Mustard Club, who will be playing top five football again next season. One man who will not be is Christophe Pellissier, who has left Amiens after unrest behind the scenes to join Lorient in Ligue 2, while Marseille have announced former Porto, Chelsea and Tottenham coach Andre Villas-Foas as their new man in charge, as well as Ren tying down Julian Stefan to the club until 2022. In international football, France got a comfortable 2-0 win over Bolivia on Sunday ahead of their next European qualifier in Turkey this upcoming Saturday. And some brief breaking news in France. There is reports coming from a number of places, including Nice Matan and RMC Sport, that Sir Jim Radcliffe's INEOS have had their offer accepted to purchase OGC Nice. Likely worth more than 100 million euros. We'll wait for actual full reports to come through. But it looks like finally that deal that has been muted a few times may be finally coming to fruition. And that's all for now. But to keep up to date with all the news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Right, let's dive straight into things. I have the winners all here and all the nominees. So thank you for everyone who voted on our polls. Your votes have been counted and been put towards our own selection committee that includes a couple of people you may know and have heard of before. And a few of us are behind the scenes here at GFFN to get our own awards. And we're starting off for this evening with the man who keeps everything out, really, with the Liga Goalkeeper of the year. Their choices this year are Mike Mignon of Lille, Walter Benitez of Nice, Benjamin Lecomte of Montpellier, and Edouard Mendy at Reims. Uh, Robin, it's a, it's a great year for goalkeepers. I mean, it's, strangely enough, it's for what for once, it's not including one of the top three goalkeepers you make, well, assuming the, you, you would mention sort of Lyon, Marseille, and Paris Saint-Germain. But starting at least with, with Mike Mignon, he's had a, a pretty great season. Given that the first campaign was a, a rough ride, he's, he's much improved and even got a call-up to the French squad as well. Yeah, and deservedly so. I think he's been... Uh, for me, the outstanding keeper in league on this season. Uh, Lille have obviously had the best defensive record. They've only conceded 33 goals in 38 matches, and I think that's a, a fair reflection on uh, their goalkeeper, who's, as you say, he's come of age this year. Um, he's obviously an excellent penalty stopper, but he's really matured. His all-round game has been much more solid. He's cut out a lot of the mistakes, and he's commanded a, a solid defence very well. Yeah, and there's a great list of goalkeepers. It's nice to see some of these get some recognition this season, uh, Rich. I mean, a few of these have had uh, great seasons previously and uh, none more really than Benjamin Lecomte, who we've mentioned before when he was at Lorient. He had a, a good couple of seasons and he, he got his moves to Montpellier and he might even be on the move this summer, given some reports. But uh, he's another one who's had a, an excellent season and, and deservedly recognised. And he's, again, also another one that's within the realms, at least, of the French squad as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you could make a very good argument for 
for Benjamin Lecomte to be the most consistent goalkeeper for the last three seasons. Uh, certainly this season and last season with Montpellier, he's been fantastic. Uh, Montpellier is so stingy in, in, in defence. Um, you know, they were terrific last season. Uh, they've still been very, very good this season. Only conceded 42. Uh, and Benjamin Lecomte is a is a key, key part of that. Um, you know, pretty much ever-present, very dependable. Um, you know, no significant weakness. He's he's a very very underrated goalkeeper that I think a lot of teams should be keeping a close eye on this summer. Yeah, he's already muted a lot of times that he wants to be playing European football next season. He he had somewhat hoped it would be Montpellier and a couple of times this season. It looked like it might have been, but uh, he may need to go elsewhere for that. As for the final two nominees, two excellent goalkeepers really. Um, uh, Robin, in terms of Benitez, had an excellent first half of the season as well and has been great at ousting uh, the former goalkeeper. His name escapes me at the moment, really. <laughs> I used to call him similar to, to Cardinal, of course. It came to me eventually. And, and Edouard Mendy, who's been part of a, one of the great stories this season of, of Ranson, they wouldn't be quite as good as him in between the sticks. So two goalkeepers that are well-deserving of recognition. Yeah, I think um, especially Benitez, uh, he's been so central to Nice, uh, who have obviously been a team that have been so reliant on their defensive record. Uh, He's been terrifically, terrifically reliable. um, And as you say, he didn't even start the season as first choice necessarily there. And Mondi at at Reims, who's who's been very, very solid. Again, another team that have been uh, largely reliant on their defence. For me, he's not been quite as consistent as others, but yeah, he's, he's certainly had a very, very good season and one that he can be very proud of. Yeah, I think the second half of the season has maybe let him a little bit down in this award. And this is supposed to be a, a, a tight race, but the winner for GFFN, we're going against the grain here, and it's Walter Benitez of Nice that will be taking the award. Congratulations to him. An excellent second half of the season and first half of the season. I thought he was in the running then, and I... Uh, personally voted for him in the half season awards but uh, excellent to see him get some recognition and Nice's great defensive record as well this season under uh, Patrick Vieira gets some recognition as well. Uh, On to right back and there's a couple of really great nominees I think this is one of the strongest categories out there and the right back of the year has Ruben Aguilar of Montpellier, Leo Dubois at Lyon, Kenny Lala at Strasbourg and Youssef Attal at Nice and there's Possibly two clear front runners, at least for this one, Rich. And I'm going to start with the one that at least players of FIFA Ultimate Team will be thinking will be getting this award, and that's Kenny Lala. He's been excellent, especially in the first half of the season, whether it be goals or assists. He's, he's contributed a little bit of everything for a team that's uh, gone against expectations. And arguably, he, if if he was maybe a couple of years younger, he probably, or even arguably now, he should be sort of knocking on the door, at least to the French squad. Yeah, it's it's quite a weird one because in many ways it's been a season completely out of the blue. And that, that may be one of the reasons why, um, you know, bigger clubs might be a little hesitant in terms of coming in for him, as well as obviously his age as well. Because, you know, he's certainly not really produced anything close to, to the season that he's just had. Um, you know, either last season with Strasbourg or, or previously when he was with Lens. So it... it I don't think many of us would have predicted Kenny Lala to be, you know, the the the, the premier assist provider in terms of defenders. But um, you know, nine assists he's provided this season. He's chipped in with goals. Um, 
he he has genuinely been the the ultimate in terms of a right back in you know he's been solid when it's come to defending a clear clear threat when it, it when it's uh, going forward and his his crossing is absolutely fantastic some of the some of the long balls that he's played have been really really um, really great so it's 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 nice to see you know an unfashionable player playing for an unfashionable team putting in a performance like this throughout the you know the duration of the season um, obviously, he's a he's a cup winner now as well, and you know if he stays with Strasbourg, you know he's got European football next season. Um, whether he whether he does or not will will remain to be seen. But you know a very very good season, and and certainly one I think that's caught most of us by surprise. Mm, absolutely, and it, it it maybe is a little bit of a shame for him that it's maybe come at a, a wrong time for him. At the same time, the, the style he plays does suit a bigger club if if someone was to try to come into it. And, and I was alluding to someone else who might be thinking that their name should be etched on this trophy, really, um, Robin, is is Yusuf Atal, who's had a, a terrific season, especially the second half of the season. Had a real electric display, I think, against Paris Saint-Germain, just as his name was getting out there a couple of games before for, for the hat-trick and, uh, and so forth. That, um, really put it on. He was sensational in that game and he's someone they've bought for cheap. They're looking that probably hope of holding on to this summer unless a crazy offer is, but the talent level suggests that maybe those crazy offers might come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, with that all as well, you've obviously got the sort of added aspect of versatility. Um, I think a lot of his best performances this season have actually come further forward uh, up the park. Uh, he obviously scored his, his hat-trick when he was playing on the left wing, which is a very different position from left, uh, from right back, obviously. Uh, but you can't really argue with his numbers. I think he's got six goals for the season. Um, he's, he's been a real attacking threat, even when he's played deeper for Patrick Vieira's side. And as you say, he's been an absolute bargain. Nice are, are going to cash in and, and make an, a, a whole lot of money on him, and deservedly so, because... He's, he's played very well and he's a player that's deserved to have caught the eye. Yeah, my only fear of that sort of versatility of going forward is he may be pigeonholed into the uh, Rafael Guerrero sort of category of maybe being a, someone they think they can turn into a winger rather than playing as a fullback. I hope that so- someone come into him, they use him as a attacking fullback and, and give him that platform because he's maybe a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit, um, maybe not quite the attacking flair consistently at least anyway in front of Cole that maybe a, a wing or two but he's had a terrific season just to I mention think, I think just I think just just very quickly with him I think Africa Cup of Nations um hmm. may have a big factor I think in, in terms of you know people now know him um and know of him and therefore you know throughout the tournament both in terms of the opponents he comes up against but also just the general public watching there's going to be a bit of an expectation on him um so how he copes under under that spotlight I think we'll probably go a long way to, to dictating is he actually the real deal and and ultimately where he where he'll end up post nice. Yeah, I would I would like to see him play fullback a little bit more just to see if he can produce that on a on a sort of season long basis. I mean, he's probably played about half his games as at fullback and, and maybe about half of them as as a winger. So it would be interesting to see just how consistently good he can be as a fullback. Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one. That's maybe why. Um, even if they do get those tempting offers that Nice might be tempted to keep him another season to to give him a test because they might not come in quite as well. Let, let's touch on the other two then quickly. Uh, Rich, Ruben Aguiar has been a, 
had tough shoes to fill with Nodi Mukiele sending off it being the, the more right back last season from what Pele he's had a decent season and, and Leo Dubois finally making the step up to a to a European club but Leon had some tremendous performances as well against especially against big teams as well uh, both have had um, solid seasons uh, and set up for well, what is probably one of the strongest categories uh, absolutely um I think look at Leo Dubois. I think it, it took him time. I think to to find his his position in that Leon team. There was a bit of a battle between him, uh, Rafael, and Kenny Tete in terms of who's taken that right back. But I think what you get with Leo Dubois is, is there's there's rarely anything spectacular with him. He's just very very solid, very dependable. Um, you know he he'll. There's almost something a little bit Gary Neville about him, I suppose, in terms of a right back. In there's nothing flashy, um, you know. There's no amazing skill. There's there's very few goals. Um, he's just very reliable, um, and he's he's throughout the course of the season become very very dependable, um, uh, and quite a key part, I think, of that Leon defence. Uh, Ruben Aguilar. If you'd have asked me to name who my right back of the season was. Uh, during the winter break, I'd have said Aguilar. I think he had an excellent start to the season. Um, I was really impressed with, as you say, it's it's Mukiele was a, was an excellent player for Montpellier. There were significant shoes to step into, but he stepped into them with absolute ease. Um, slight tweak in the formation, I think, this season as well, maybe has, has helped him. Um, I think he's perhaps quietened down as the season has gone on. Uh, but I certainly think those first sort of four or five months of the season certainly put him in the reckoning for this. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And credit to, to both of them for an excellent season. But unfortunately, those two aren't the ones taking the award home. It is going to be Kenny Lala of Strasbourg, who had a fantastic season. I think the stats speak for themselves. And uh, great to see the rewards for a, for a player who, um, yes, has had plenty of uh, team of the week players on for, for ultimate team, which is what a lot of our younger viewers maybe have seen him mostly from, but a uh, terrific season for him. And it should, hopefully he can stay for Strasbourg's European adventure next season on centre-backs. And there's plenty of good quality here as well, which includes Marquinhos of Paris Saint-Germain, Christophe Harrell at Nice, uh, Jason Denier at Lyon and Eunice Abdelhamid at Rance. And we finally got a PSG player in there, Robin, as Marquinhos, who's not always been a centre-back this year and has sometimes had to play in midfield when needed, but he's kind of shown the defensive qualities in both positions, really, this season and shown that he's probably, or, or almost certainly, I would think, uh, PSG's best defender. Yeah, I don't think there's too much doubt about that now. Um, and I think what's made it even more impressive is that he's had to play alongside so many different partners at centre-back. Uh, PSG have obviously lacked a lot of consistency in terms of their team selection. Uh, and Marquinhos has not only shown a versatility in terms of being able to play defensive midfield, which is an aspect of his game that's really come on over the last, probably since Christmas, um, but but also in being able to slot in beside a number of, of different partners. And when he's been playing alongside somebody else, some some random, that's not Thiago Silva, it's typically been a player younger than him. So he's had to, to kind of be the senior partner in the defence and he's he's really stood up to that challenge quite well. Yeah, and credit to him for, for not being too much of a fussy puss of playing in midfield when needed and uh, had that excellent performance against Pogba in the Champions League as well, despite the, uh, the end result. Uh, another player that's had a really impressive season, although 
some may argue that the last month or so sort of maybe has hurt his chances a little bit, and that's Jason Denier and uh, Leon Rich. He's they've been looking for a centre back for a while, really. It's but to be honest, and they've had a couple of uh, near misses is probably the best way of putting it for a lot of them. But uh, all young players that have been poached by bigger clubs, but. Uh, Deniers managed to get himself in there. It was a bit of a, a question of whether he would sink or swim. And he's had a really strong season, if not slightly disappointing last couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I think that, to be perfectly honest, I think that, that goes for the whole of the the, the Lyon squad, though. Um, I think he perhaps has been hampered slightly. Marcelo, who's been his his usual um, centre-back partner, has not, not had a particularly great season um, has become sort of focus of a lot of the Leon fans ire. So he's not had the, the, you know, the most comfortable of partners uh, at the back, but I think for the most part this season, he's looked very good on the ball. He's looked very good in terms of positioning. Um, you know, we, we, we still sort of question, I think, um, you know, how good actually is he? Um, you know, he's, he's been around what's, what's felt like quite a while now, but he's still only 23. Um, and I think in terms of a first season in, in Ligue 1, he can look upon it as a, you know, as, as a success. Um, you know, Leon as a, as a squad and as a team obviously had quite a, an up and down season, but they've got Champions League football. Um, he, by the looks of it, is probably going to have a new centre-back pair, uh, partner come come the new season. Um, but, I, you know, I've liked what I've seen. I think there's, there's definite room for improvement. Um, I think perhaps he's a little bit ragged sometimes when it it does come to um, to, to sort of his, his tackling ability. I think can be a little. Um, it's either reckless or it's not commit. You know, there's there's a lack of commitment there. He needs to find that middle ground um, that you know obviously makes a, a you know a good centre back a very very good centre back. Um, but you know he's he's made a he's made a solid enough. Uh, impression, I think, in his first season, there's a there's you know there's a good grounding there and and plenty to build on. I think for the for the next season under under new management. Mm, absolutely, and a couple more defenders that round out this list and had really solid seasons, stepping up both of them. You may say Christoph Harrell, club wise, from moving to to Nice, and he's had a solid season in the the best defence in in Liga. And uh, Yunus Abdelhamid. Um, Robin, he he's had a tremendous season in, 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 as part of a one of the best defenses that have, have sunk in the second half of the season a little bit, but has been absolutely key to Rasa's season as well. So both two centre backs that uh, have impressed, given that they've made the step up and shown that they they're not against uh, against that and not um, league two defenders at least. Yeah, I mean they're far from league two defenders. I think that's fair to say. Um, Rich was obviously talking there about Denier struggling to find a balance between uh, aggression and, and just standing off a little bit. And I think if you look at Yunus Abdelhamid, he's a player who's been excellent at that. Um, you know, he's, he's played 38 matches. He's played every single minute of the season. I, I don't think there's another outfield player that managed to play every single minute of the season. I, I might be wrong. Um, but, you know, that's, that's testament to to his discipline, I think, as much as anything else. I mean, if you look at the number of Centre backs that miss a game because of suspension—it's very common. Uh, Abdul Hamid's only picked up two bookings over the course of the season. He's committed, on average, less than a foul a game, and yet, as we're sitting here discussing him as as one of the outstanding centre backs in the league, 
which is is, is really impressive. Um, you know, he's been strong in the tackle. He's been he's been smart. He's he's obviously formidable in the air, and he's been an absolute standout. Uh, and obviously with Harrell at Nice as well, he's been very strong alongside Dante in what's been admittedly a defensively orientated team, but a team that's been very solid in, in terms of being able to accomplish the job that they go out to try and do. Absolutely, and credit to to both of them. But uh, it might not come to much of a surprise that our Liga and centre-back of the year is the Brazilian Marquinhos. He's had a tremendous year. It's a shame that it's not been all at centre-back as we may have hoped, but uh, he's certainly one who's going to be the real leader maybe of that Paris Saint-Germain team going forward. On to Liga left-back of the year, and admittedly maybe the weakest category out of the lot of them this year. Uh, Pedro Robocho of, of Gangon, Hiroki Sakai of Marseille, Juan Barnat at PSG and Furlon Mendy at uh, Lyon. And Richard, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, I think some people may point at this one and, and say that there's one clear front runner and that's uh, the last one, the, uh, Mendy at Lyon. He's had another tremendous season and there's rumours that he may be one of those players out the door this summer because they may be a kind of blockbuster offer in the the the, 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 the in the uh, outskirts from Real Madrid or, or the likes and uh, it'd be a shame to see him go but at the same time we'll, he's got a lot of distance he can cover and he could be a really really tremendous footballer oh yeah no he's he is a quality left back um, you know again another one that I think has it all I think last season we were perhaps a little bit critical of of his um, rashness shall we say and and you know, there were free kicks given away in, in iffy positions. There were penalties given away slightly needlessly. Uh, I think there's been noticeable work on that. I still think he needs to to continue to focus that on, on as his sort of key area for improvement. But in terms of defending, in terms of going forward, um, again, you know, he's another he's another fullback that is is that complete package. He's found himself um, you know, into the into the France team. Um, and from what I have seen when he's played, he hasn't, you know, that, that hasn't phased him. Um, he's made that seamless transition into that squad. Um, I think it certainly looks as, you know, it, he's making it as difficult as possible for Deschamps to pick, you know, the likes of, of Lucas Hernandez and the likes of Benjamin Mendy once they're fully fit because he's come in, he's made a, he's made a claim that this is a position that, that he's, he's got and, you know, come and fight me for the jersey and, I think what's perhaps helped him is at club level. There's, you know, there's very little to barely any competition for his his place. So he's playing week in, week out. Um, he's not necessarily had, which probably has probably helped improve him. I think is 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 plays in front of him for Leon, be it uh, Maxwell Corne, be it Memphis Depay, be it Hussam Awar, be it Nabil Fekir when he's played out wide. He, he doesn't necessarily have the most defence orientated or uh, reliable um, players in front of him to help with covering. So, um, you know, he's had to make sure that he patrols that left that left flank entirely. Uh, and I think he's taken that responsibility very, very well. Um, it is looking like a move to, to Madrid um, is is very close. And I think if if they can get forty, you know, if Leon can get forty million for him, that's obviously great business for Leon. But it's it's equally as good business, I think, for for Madrid because they are getting certainly I think Ligue 1's leading left back 
um, for in this modern age anyway, a, a pretty decent uh, a pretty decent price for him. So a really quality defender who's only going upwards. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, admittedly for the other three, it's been up and down seasons. Maybe you'd say Robin, uh, Juan Bernat started pretty poorly, but has, has brought it together in the second half. Admittedly, credit to him for, for sort of nailing down that, that left-hand space for him. Hiroki Sakai is, has maybe been one of Marseille's better players in in what feels like a, a lost season. And the same for, for Robocho at Gangump as well as has contributed where he can, despite relegation but all of them have had uh, credible moments to him especially Benat where at one point it felt like it, it was maybe a mis- misstep after the first couple of games that it maybe he was over the hill or not quite at the, at the quality that, that you expect for PSG but he's certainly someone who's turned it around Yeah he's certainly a better than an Eric Chupomotin for example Yeah, um, yeah um, Bernat I've actually been really quite impressed with him I, I think he's been another player who's largely been pretty solid and defensively he's obviously contributed a couple of very important moments particularly in the champions league going forward um and and like his a lot of his psg teammates or certainly his more experienced psg teammates he's having having to prove himself in a number of different positions he's filled in at center midfield and he's done okay there um so for me he said a, a very credible opening season He's not the sort of Champions League winning left back that the PSG might be looking for, but you know he's a sort of player who can who can fill in and do a very solid job. Um, obviously, Hiroki Sakai, as you were saying, has been a bit up and down for Marseille. Um, I thought he finished the season really pretty strongly, uh, and, and was actually one of OM's best players. Uh, and and Robocho, I think, managed to get eight assists, which is really quite impressive. Uh, for a left back, particularly at a club like Gangol, who have been struggling so badly, um, I would still question his defensive abilities. But certainly going forward, and in terms of his crossing, he's he's a very strong player. Yeah, at least he, compared to some of the players at Gangol, but at least anyway, he made a contribution this season, which is a, a credit to him. But I think most people are probably then knowing where this award is going, and uh, it is Verlon Mendy of Leon that is our league and left back of the year, possibly like Rich said, almost certainly the best left-back in, in Liga and one of the best left-backs in the world at the moment. And uh, uh, should he leave these shores this summer, it will be a great loss to us, but a great gain to whoever may claim him. Uh, on to the centre midfielders of the year and some great names in this one. We have Thiago Mendes at Lille, uh, Tezzi Stevanier of Nîmes, Yanam Vier of Saint-Étienne and Marco Verratti at PSG. Um, some great players within there rich and, and and one that's we mentioned at the time wasn't really mentioned at all during the the unfp awards and that's teji savanier who's had a tremendous season for nice uh, a top assist as um, maker in in league on this season he's been a, a real credit to this league and a, a, a absolute linchpin for neem as well yeah i mean neem as a, as a team have probably been i think many people's success story of the season i think the football that they have played for their first season back in the top flight has been fantastic. Um, you know they've they've been warranted with uh, they've been rewarded sorry with some excellent results, a top ten finish. You know you really couldn't have asked for more than that. Um, but I suppose you could because finishing top of the assist charts was was a neem player and Teji Savanier, um, again a bit like a bit like Kenny Lana I think has sort of come from nowhere really in terms of of you know everybody knew that he was. He was okay. There was there was 
you know, there wasn't anything there that would perhaps give you an indication that that you know his his first season in in the uh, in the top flight would would reap as 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 much as it did for him. But it was just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it, he went on a run. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't perhaps consistent, but certainly there were periods during the season where he was borderline untouchable. Um, you know, in terms of his creativity, his vision, his his actual distribution, uh, he's got his his eye in with some goals and some very spectacular goals uh, as well. Um, he just seems to be a midfielder that's got it all. You know, he's got that 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 flair and that knack for a really killer pass, but he's also got the ability to to really get stuck in when it comes to tackling. He's got the ability to to you know hair around a pitch for for ninety minutes. Um, you know, it's it's one that you do fear is probably going to be a bit of a one season wonder. Um, I'm I'm hoping I'm not doing him any any disservice there, but you know, you look at his stats throughout throughout his career, and you know, there's really nothing there that makes you think he's going to be league you know top assist provider of of 2018-19. So it, it probably is going to be a bit of a flash in the pan, but. My goodness, has he really taken advantage of that? Because he has been nothing short of spectacular for a pretty spectacular team, I think, this season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on to a player maybe that English fans may have been a bit confused about seeing on the list, and that's Jan and Veer, who obviously spent time at, at Sunderland and may not even be remaining at Saint-Étienne, depending on who ends up being manager there this summer, Robin. But um, admittedly, like a lot of players, really, and a few players at Saint-Étienne, strangely enough, he's had a bit of a, a league on renaissance this season. Yeah, as you say, Saint-Étienne have been the team that have managed to, to give a, a number of players a sort of rebirth, as you were saying. Uh, and Probably the most impressive of them has been Envia. Uh, defensively, he's just been an absolute rock for them. You know, the, the whole team's kind of been based around his performances. He's only missed one game all season. He's been absolutely solid in the heart of the midfield. Uh, and as I say, just, just phenomenally consistent, um, phenomenally reliable. And he's been just, just a vital player for them. Yeah, and they'll absolutely be hoping that they can keep hold of him with that Europa League run on the horizon as well. Just looking at the other two, Rich, uh, Thiago Mendes had a, a tremendous season as well, maybe even one of the players that Lille are, are looking to maybe cash in on as well. He's been a, a really solid midfielder adding to their attacking flair and, and Marco Verratti uh, may be a stranger choice, at least anyway, I know you're not the biggest fan of his season, at least anyway, given him what we've seen previously from him, but uh, he's still one of the better centre midfielders in, in Liga. Oh, he is. When he, when he's when he's fully fit, uh, when he's got the right players alongside him um, and his mind is focused, there's, there's very little argument that he is one of the best in the league. Um, you know, we all know about his tackling. We all know about his tenacity. We all know about his 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 attitude on the pitch, uh, and that he is a slightly fiery character. Um, it has, I think, perhaps been a slightly muted season, and that's my one criticism. I think of Verratti is that if I look back to you know his first couple of seasons and, and what a what a prospect he was, that's probably my my main criticism with him is that I feel as though we haven't necessarily seen him develop to the the fullest of potential now what hasn't helped him of course is is you know psg have played so long now with with a uh, a pretty 
substandard midfield. So he's not had the best of partners alongside him. But, you know, if PSG can bring in somebody that can work with him, they're going to get the best from him because you know, we have seen what the best can be with Verratti. And that is a, a leading midfielder in not only Liga, but all of Europe. So the onus, I think, is on PSG, I think, now to to support and help Verratti by by recruiting sensibly um, and, and bringing in someone that can work with him. Um, Thiago Mendes, I've been a big fan of his this season. You know, we've all been focused on on those front three or front four for, for Lille, but behind them, you've got Thiago Mendes. You know, they've obviously been so solid in, in defence. They've been such a, a potent force going forward. He's been that metronome in the team. You know, he's been that consistent player there pretty much week in, week out, links that defence to the attack, allows and, and provides that comfort for those forward players that, you know what, if they all hair forward and they lose the ball, it doesn't matter because they do have a player of Thiago Mendes's calibre and, and, and quality to, to mop up any any attacks. And, the you know, the defence behind him will be grateful for that as well. And, you know, it's it's it's... Part, I think, certainly part of of Lille's success in terms of their defence has been um, the fact that Thiago Mendes has had such a strong season um, in terms of breaking those attacks up. So it does look like he's going to move on in the summer. About twenty five million, I think, is what what Lille are going for, and I think he's about twenty. He's twenty six, twenty seven, I think. Um, you know, I still think there's there's at least two or three more seasons of, of high standard left in him. So, twenty five million, I think, for someone like him seems a bit of a snip. So, I I, I have little doubt that uh, you know a top club will will snap him up in the summer. Yeah, Rich is a big fan of him, and it seems like everyone else has been a big fan of him as well because our central midfielder of the year is. Thiago Mendes of Lille. He's had a tremendous season. It's good that someone that's a little bit underrated, that given his style of football and and the sort of linchpin that he gives Lille, um, maybe even with Jose Fonson would argue as well, um, has been recognised. So congratulations to Mendes, and it might even be a player that stays in in league and depending on on how the transfer window ends up going. But we shall wait. And see, on to attacking midfielders. And there's a cracking crack category this season because these are four great names. There are Wabi Kazri at Saint-Étienne, Angel Di Maria at PSG, Jonathan Bamba at Lille, and Nicolas Pepe at Lille as well. Um, let's start with the probably the headline maker on this one, and that is Nicolas Pepe, Robin. It's been a tremendous season for him, a tremendous 18 months, really. I mean... When he moved from Angers to, to Lille, a lot of people thought that um, sort of there was two mind frames. There was a couple of Premier League clubs involved. They thought it was going to be a better move to go there. And some thought that the move to Lille was a little bit of a risk on Lille's part as well, because we hadn't quite seen Nicolas Pepe uh, at the full potential that he has been. But finally, sometimes there is a... A, a slight late bloomer, you may say, at 23 compared to, to, to some players in the modern game. But my word is, had as uh, Pepe had a, a real breakout season. Yeah, he's been absolutely spectacular. And like you said, uh, since, since Christoph Gautier took over at Lille 18 months ago, he's been a, a vital player to their attack. Um, we obviously saw Marcello Bielsa try to use him as a centre forward, which was a uh, completely ill-founded and. Um, just a terrible, terrible move in the end. Uh, but yet he persisted with it. However, Pepe's shown that when he plays out in the, out wide, 
he can be an absolutely spectacular player and is and I, in my opinion he's capable of going on to play for anybody in Europe at the moment. Um, if you look at his numbers this year in terms of goals and, and, and assists, I think only Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi have managed better figures in all of Europe's top five leagues, which is astonishing for a player who's who's at Lille. Um, and he certainly, he amply deserves his move. Uh, particularly, I mean, I, I think just to put into context the, the, the numbers that he's achieved, they're better than Kylian Mbappe, uh, sorry, uh, Eden Hazard managed when he was at Lille. Um, and admittedly, Hazard was a little bit younger, but Pepe's certainly ready for the big time now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's no doubt Lille will want to catch him this summer. Someone will offer the 70, 80 million that they're looking for because he's a tremendous footballer at the height of his powers now and in likelihood he's only ever really going to be getting better. A couple of really great names on this list. Um, Rich Bamba's had a really good season, although be it in sort of maybe the shadow of his, his illustrious teammate. Wabi Kazri's had a real renaissance, sometimes even as a false nine at times when needed for Saint-Etienne and um, Sunderland fans again will be scratching their heads and wondering how players can play like this in green but not in red and white. And uh, even Angel Di Maria, who was a sort of you would say one of the real star names at Paris Saint-Germain two years ago but now is maybe in the shadows of a number of other players, but he's also himself had a terrific season amongst those and really yet again uh, 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 the Argentine is a, a man of reinvention sometimes and reinventing himself again he's found another slot in another big team. Yeah I think what I've been impressed with with Di Maria is he's a massive name obviously and you know he joined off the back of a huge transfer fee he is a global name in that team you know he is one of those elite players within that team but hasn't really necessarily allowed that to uh, infiltrate his his attitude. This so this you know use this season as the perfect example. So he's been asked to play a lot deeper, I think, at times this season, and actually sometimes been brought into um, into that midfield three, um, which isn't Di Maria's natural position. You know, he, you'd expect him to be playing further forward and out wide, but he's played a little bit deeper, and he just got got on with it. Um, you know, he's got he's had some great, great stats, 12 goals, 11 assists. Um, at times he has been, you know, the standout player for PSG this season. Um, you know, I think only really um, I think Mbappe can can rival him. I think in that regard, I've been really, really been impressed by Di Maria because it would have been very easy for him to have, have, have sat back. You know, they lost Neymar again to injury for, for half the season. It would have been very easy, I think, for Di, Di Maria to have, have have put in, you know, sort of fairly substandard to to basic performances. But he hasn't. He's not. He's 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 rolled his sleeves up. He's worked really hard. Um, he's grafted. He's got into those positions that he's not. I don't think it is his best at. But he's he's not complained. He's got on with it. He's he's you know he's got the benefit. Um, he's sorry. He's got the rewards of of uh, you know a, a great season um i think in europe as well he's been a he's been a standout player i think you look at that performance that he put in at, at old trafford um in in the first leg against manchester united i thought he was fantastic um you know bearing in mind he was also facing some uh, a pretty hostile atmosphere but again he played really really well um so i yeah i've been really really impressed with Di maria this season um Kazri, I suppose, 
borderline fits those that have those that, that you touched on earlier with Envir and having that sort of renaissance. Obviously, he had a really good season with Ren um, last season. Um, there were fears, I suppose, as to was that a was that a one-off? Was that a just a, a a sort of you know sort of two fingers up at Sunderland for not giving me the chance? But it hasn't been. You know, he's got the permanent move to Saint Etienne, and again, um, perhaps towards the end of the season, things just slowed down a little. But certainly, the first half of the season, he was absolutely electric. Um, and we've said all along, I think the key thing for that has been missing in in Saint Etienne over recent years has been a at least a semi-reliable goal scorer. Um, and 13 goals this season for, for Kazri has has certainly been a key reason why they came ever so close to getting that third spot. But, you know, I mean, fourth, fourth place, European football, he has played a big, big part of that. Um, and then finally, Jonathan, uh, sorry, Jonathan Bamba. So, yeah, OK, Pepe takes all the plaudits. But, you know, let's not forget that, that 13 goals for Jonathan Bamba, who, bear in mind, Lille signed on a free. Um, is is again excellent reward. Um, what will be interesting, I think, will be how how he plays, providing Lille keep him as well. Once Pepe goes, will he be able to step into that role? Will he be able to 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 pick up the mantle in terms of of continuing this sort of goal scoring season? You know, another goal scoring top goal scoring season. Um, I've been impressed with him. Um, I think some of his interaction, you know, you go with the front three, including Akone as well. Some of the interplay between the three of them has been absolutely brilliant to watch. You know, I don't think at times this season, I don't think there were a better sort of front three. The the sort of relationship that they, the three of them had, the knowledge of where each of them were, where, the, you know, where they were going to run in, the space they were going to run into. Um, it was fantastic. Bamba played a big, big part of that. Uh, and it's great to see him on this shortlist. Yeah, absolutely. A recognition for all of those players that have really been terrific. But uh, unsurprisingly, it's the Ivorian Nicola Pepe that takes this award. A tremendous season from the youngster. It would be a real shame to see him likely leave Liga unless Paris Saint-Germain can still put the money for him and, and decide to try and give him a chance to stay in Ligue 1. But if he was to go, what a final season from from the forward. Uh, on to Lee Ligue 1 forward or striker of the year. Um, Emiliano Sala from Nantes, uh, Kylian Mbappe from PSG, Andy Delors from Pellier, and Moussa Dembele at Lyon. Um, there's one really big name on this one, but one name that really should be mentioned above all. Um, Robin, and that's um, Emiliano Sala. I mean, this season will be a lot different because he's not there, unfortunately, and, and it's be even worse situation with his unfortunate that his, his father's passing. It took a long while for not to, to try and recollect their thoughts and save the season, not just because they lost a great friend and a, and a great compatriot, but a, a really terrific goal scorer as well in the first half of the season for, for not. Yeah, um, it's really difficult to know what to say about Salah because obviously the situation's so tragic. Um, you know, he was, he was obviously going to move to Cardiff for, for a lot of money, um, but he was a guy who was enjoying comfortably the best season of his career. He, he was absolutely... He, he was he was playing above himself. He was vital for Nantes in terms of his his hold-up play, his physicality, his hard work. Uh, and he was scoring goals like he had never done before in his life. Um, it's, it's just tremendously sad that he never got the opportunity to, to try and prove himself in England. 
um, and and to prove that the first half of the season that he achieved in France was it wasn't a one-off. Um, you know, uh, it's just had such a tremendous impact on, on the whole campaign. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously going to be a, a player who's never forgotten in Nantes. Yeah, exactly, and that's the the great thing I think sometimes about football is uh, things live long, long in the memories and the, the season he had and, and the connection he'll have with that club will sort of remain forever, which will be majorly important. But onto a man that's going to be mentioned a few times tonight, in all honesty, Rich, and that's uh, Kylian Mbappe, who's had a tremendous season, thirty. Uh, I think 32 goals in the end. Tremendous amount of goals from the youngster. He's a, a real tour de force, really, in football. Possibly the next best player in the world, some would say as well. And still, um, at such a young age as well, asking for more <laughs> responsibility as well. Um, he's an enigma. He's a he's he's a, a superstar. He's a little bit of everything rolled into one, and he's had a, a real. Well, you can't really say breakout season, but he's been had a, a tremendous season that stamps his authority of one of the best in the world. Yeah, I, I, there's not a lot you can add really about that that hasn't already been said about Mbappe, and it's it's crazy that he's still only twenty, but it has been a phenomenal season. Um, you know, it, it's the cynical world we live in that we're still thinking: Is he going to be able to do it this season? Is he? You know, was last season just a you know, a a, a a bit of a a gold run of a season, but no, I mean he, he steps it up season after season. Um what I've liked about him this 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 particular campaign is he's had to do it despite the fact that you know Cavani has been injured. Neymar's obviously been injured for a significant amount of time and a lot of responsibility has been put on Mbappe's shoulders. Um, now, responsibility is obviously quite a buzzword with Mbappe at the moment after after his comments following the UNFP awards, but he really took on that responsibility, I thought, really well this season. It, it showed and he, he showed exactly what he can do when he's played in a more central role. Um, at times this season, he's been utterly devastating in terms of in terms of what he has done. You know, 33 goals in 29 matches this season. Uh, you know, it, it's freakish. It really is freakish stuff for someone who is only 20. Um, uh, you know, we, we're going to get at least, what, three or four years before he hits absolute prime. Whether that is with PSG or not, we don't know. But there's there's very little we can say now about Mbappe, except for he is the real deal. He will be the next best player in the world. He's very close to it already. Um, but, you know, this this was a season, a statement season, I think, for him that that just showed, you know what, PSG can rely on him. That despite the fact of so many key players, influential players missing, despite the fact, you know, they've had a defence that's been a bit iffy, despite the fact they've got a midfield that hasn't been functioning properly this season, he has still scored and engineered himself 33 goals this season. Um, you know, it, it is ridiculous, um, the talent that he's got. And I'll say it for the third or fourth time, he's still only 20. He's still only 20. It, it beggars belief, I think, just how far he can go. And I think really the only thing that will stop him going to, the, you know, to be the very best in the world 
will be his own his own attitude. I think you know, he's got the talent. Um, you know, he's he's performing all of this in a team that isn't perfect yet. Um, I just think the only thing that's going to stop him is is his, is his attitude, is his temperament. Um, whether, as I say, whether whether that's with PSG or not, I don't know. I can't. I personally can't see him being at PSG for much more than the next two or three seasons, um, because you know normally you know if, Real, if a team like Real Madrid wants a player, they'll get the player. Um, but yeah, he is he is such a ridiculous talent. It's scary. Absolutely, and that's uh, why they invested so much money in him, and why they'll try and continue to to do that as long as they can hold off the kind of interest from uh, from the likes of Real Madrid. The final two strikers on the list, Robin, two great seasons from both of them, and did the law finding some new fortune at Montpellier, especially next to Gaetan Laporte. He's, he's struck up a great partnership there, and then uh, Moussa Dembélé, despite joining in January, has been really great especially in the last couple of months for Leon a, a real um striker finally after Mariano Diaz that someone who can play as the as the focal point and will be a key cog for them next season as well yeah um Delors had the best season of his career by quite a long shot I think um he's obviously scored 14 goals which is two better than he managed in his best year at Cal however I think as you alluded to his his partnership with Gaetan Labor has been outstanding and it's not just been with Labor, it's also been with Florent Mollet in the midfield um, and he's come up with uh, seven assists in total I think which is which has been absolutely vital to Montpellier because they have been largely defensively based they've relied on their strikers for goals and they've absolutely come up with the goods if, if Delors and Labor hadn't struck up the partnership that they had managed they would have been in quite a bad way but instead you know they're obviously there or thereabouts in terms of the European race, and and looking across to to Leon and Moussa Dembele, a slow start to the season. Uh, there was a lot of doubts raised about him, but then he obviously exploded in terms of his form, uh, and there's even been talk about a, a potential move to Manchester United this summer. I, I would say that's perhaps a little bit far at the moment. I don't see him as a starter there. Um, but I can't understand why he's not played more for, for Leon. I know there's been questions about his technique and uh, his link-up play to an extent, but I think in terms of his, his goal return, it's been absolutely outstanding. Um, when when Leon have, have, have persisted so consistently with Depay and Fekir, when they've perhaps been below par, for Dembele not to have had more of a chance, to me, is, is baffling and... You know, it's something that Bruno Genesio deserved the sack for. Yeah, it felt especially towards the end when even Genesio had, had sort of said he was going, and that the, well, that the, let's say the agreement of him going was a, agreed upon. He still left Dembele out as if he was trying to stick someone in the, the transfer window, at least anyway. But uh, credit to Dembele for when he did come on scoring anyway. A uh, forward of this year, I think it's hard to give it anyone else really than Kylian Mbappe. What a tremendous season from the from the youngster again, and he keeps going from strength to strength, and it's worrying how high he can go. Uh, let's go on to our 11 of the year to round off the sort of positional awards and obviously our goalkeeper will be Walter Benitez, right back will be Kenny Lala, left back will be Ferlon Mendy we do need an extra centre back with Marquinhos and we have the three to pick from, I'll get a vote from you both, I'll start with yourself Rich what centre back would you have join our 11? 
Um, I just think for how um, how good um, they have been in terms of defence and defensive defensive organisation this season, I'd go Christoph Herrera of Nice. Robin, I would go for I'd go for Yunus Abdelhamid to be honest. Oh, it's me to split the tie as well. That's absolutely fine because uh, I will go with you, Robin. I know another person who will be joining me, and then and uh, I know Adam White's a big fan of Yunus uh, Abdelhamid as well, and the terrific season he's had, and the, the longevity he's shown this season as well. Like you mentioned earlier, Robin is a real testament to his ability, and Rance's excellent defensive in Christopher L. Close there, but Yunus uh, Abdelhamid will be joining Marquinhos in midfield. Uh, sorry, in defence and mid- midfield, we do need someone to peer partner Thiago Mendes there's three names there I'll come to you this time Robin who do you add in midfield with Mendes I'm going Teju Savanya just because uh, I think he's had an outstanding season it's probably a one-off him but I think he deserves the recognition Rich um, I, w- I would love to say Jan and Veer. I think he has been fantastic this season but you, you can't not have Teju Savanya in your team for for such a fantastic season so he gets my vote yeah, I think if he's, we may even mention him a little bit later on tonight, but if he's in an award potentially later on tonight, he probably almost certainly needs to be central midfielder of the, well, in the, the Liga 11. I'm slightly surprised he didn't get the actual award, but it will be Teji Savanier joining Thiago Mendes in midfield. Let's have an extra winger to join Nicola Pepe then. Rich, who should we have in that team? Um, It's a tough one, but I just, just for what he's done and the manner he's done it in, this season, I think I'll go Angel Di Maria. Robin, yeah, that's another vote for Di Maria for me. Yeah, I think we were all going to go pick Angel Di Maria. Bobby Casri's close for me. I've really enjoyed his season, but uh, Di Maria's had an excellent season, so he'll be on one wing, flanking the strikers and Nicola Pepe on the other. Who shall join Kylian Mbappe up front? There's three terrific choices there. Robin, who do you pick? Um. It's a tough one. I think purely for sentiment, I'm going to Emiliano Salo. Rich, it's difficult not to, isn't it? You know, he he was having such a terrific season, uh, and as Robin said, it is such a tragedy. Uh, you know, we we don't want to necessarily see it as as a hugely emotional vote because let's just be frank. Prior, you know, prior to his his move to Cardiff, he was fantastic. He was probably second only to Mbappe in terms of, of, of strikers in Liga. And so I think, yeah, I'd be going Salah as well. Yeah, he totally made our half team of the season on merit and he'll make our full season on merit as well. I mean, if the other name is Moussa Dembele on that one and he's only been playing since January and scored plenty of goals, then I'm thinking he's well worth the vote and not just on sentimental reasons. And it's terrific to see Salah join. Mbappe up front in our league uh, 11 of the year. So just to summarise, just before we move on to more individual rewards, it's Malta Benitez in goal. Uh, Kenny Lala at right back with left back being occupied by Ferlon Mendy. Centre-backs Marquinhos and Yunus Abdelhamid. Centre midfield Thiago Mendes and Teji Savanier. Wingers of Angel Di Maria and Nicola Pepe. And up front, Emiliano Sala and Kylian Mbappe. Let's go on to our young player of the year for some more of the individual awards and some great names here that some of them haven't been mentioned so far and that's uh, well, one that's returning is Kylian Mbappe of PSG Jonathan Ikone of Lille Hussam Alwa of Lyon and Remy Udan of Reims and I want to start with that last name I've mentioned of Udan um, 
to start with Robin, he's had a really terrific season. I mean, Ras for the first half of the season were very defensively minded and added a bit of spark in, in January to be a bit more creative in the second half. But the constant, at least in terms of actually getting the goals, has been Udan and unsurprisingly he's been linked with a number of Liga clubs this summer because he might be just the spark that other clubs are looking for as well. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, he's really been a handful at the head of their attack. And it's it's probably coming something of surprise even to him because he he was a, a relatively regular goal scorer in, in League Two last season. But I don't think anybody would seriously have expected him to make the step up and hit double figures in his first League One campaign. So I, I think there's like, like a huge amount of credit that, that he deserves. Um, I think Ross have as, as you kind of alluded to there have, have actually improved quite a lot going forward over the second half of the season and I think they've got quite an exciting attacking line now and you know Udan's certainly a very important part of it Absolutely and if he can well, they can manage to somehow keep their hands on him it'd be a massive plus for them but um, I could just feel like a, a Europa League side or even maybe one of the Champions League teams may, may take a take a risk on him um, The other two players at least other than Mbappe on this list Rich involve Players maybe a little bit unsung for the clubs, Ikone in the shadow of Pepe and possibly really in the shadow of Bamba in terms of his actual output of goals and assists, but still a key part of that sort of ever-moving attacking force with Rafael Leao as well at times, or, or even Laurie Kremi. And Hussam Alwa, who's had moments that have, have disappointed compared to last season, maybe not quite as spectacular and, and, and the sort of breakout campaign he had last time out but uh, still a very important cog for Leon and potentially him even next season will be will be more important to them then yeah I think Ikone it was it was it was a it was a really good season for Ikone it was probably his his first season where he really nailed down a starting position never really he never really made it through a, a PSG he had two loan spells with Montpellier but again even there um he he struggled I think to to get a starting position in the team, and even when he did, it was it was played a lot deeper than we have seen him deployed at, at Lille. They've pushed him further forward. He's been part of that trio that have been so exciting this season. Um, I think you're right in saying that he is probably, in terms of podium positions of those three, he's probably in that third spot. Um, but like like Jonathan Bomber, I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays and how he can adapt. In a in a post Pepe Leal, um, but you know I think as far as a first season of regular football goes, I think big success for him. Um, Hussein Awar, obviously, you know his big breakthrough season was last season. Um, this season perhaps hasn't quite reached those consistent levels he hit last season. I think my my theory anyway is to behind this is that. We were all expecting Fekir to leave last summer. And I think had he done, Hussam Awar becomes, you know, Mr. Creativity, Mr. Mr. Playmaker, Mr. Lynchpin for, for that for that Leon team. He didn't. And so when Awar played, it was generally in a slightly wider position than I think Awar would would normally have preferred. Um, I think a big, big sign of, of how much you know Leon value him and trust him is the fact they gave him that really uh, Leon anyway, that really prestigious number eight shirt. Um, he is the player that, that um, you know, Olas has said that they want to keep. Janino has come in, has made it very clear that he wants Awar to stay, that Awar is going to be a big, big part of the team 
next season. I think he's he finished the season really strongly. Really impressed with how he finished the season. Um, I think that that really showed what he can do. You know, when when he is that sort of key um, integral player uh, of a team, he is capable of producing some extraordinary things. Um, it's he's obviously with the under twenty ones now. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how his summer goes with them. Um, but again, you know, it, it, you can't. He set the benchmark very high last season. And I don't think he's overly disappointed this season. Um, and then that just Lee, oh, I think that's yeah, because the other one's Mbappe, of course. <laughs> we've, yeah, uh, yeah. We've yeah I think we've uh, we've already mentioned him of somewhere. I don't, I'm not quite sure where, but uh, um, it, unsurprisingly, as well, even though we haven't talked about him a little bit on that topic, it is Kylian Mbappe who wins our young player of the year. I mean, he could win it every season for the next three years, really, to be fair, which is mildly frightening of how talented the young lister is, but he does get the award there again. Uh, Liga breakout start of the year has some really interesting names in this one, and that's Bubakar Kamara at Marseille, Andrew and Thomason at Strasbourg, followed by his compatriot Nuno Costa also at Strasbourg, and Gislan Conan at Reims. A couple of really interesting players and I want to start off with Bubakar Kamara at Marseille Robin a number of clubs have looked at him as well he's had a finally sort of broke into the the team on a on a permanent basis we saw him in in splits and splitters end of last season start of this but finally nailed down a place in front of um, real experienced campaigners like Adil Rami and uh, he's really made the position his own now as well. Yeah, it's obviously been a little bit complicated this uh, this season at Marseille simply because they've been so erratic defensively. Um, there's been a lot expected of of Kamara for quite a long time now, and you know there's a bit of a question as to whether he might make the make the grade as a midfielder or a defender. But obviously he's he's slotted in there centre back because solid options, um, and he does look like a like a player that could go very far in the game. Obviously very solid, very athletic. Um, there's a lot of talk about Premier League teams coming in and, and looking at him this summer, and that's understandable given given his attributes. Um, I, I think he's, he's probably cut out most of the most of the inconsistent mistakes that have, that have perhaps plagued him in the past. And I think considering that he's been largely playing beside Coletta Sar, it's been a very impressive breakthrough campaign for him simply because uh, he's not had an experienced centre-back to play alongside. So, yeah, he's, he, he amply deserves recognition in this award. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on to the two Strasbourg players on this one, Rich, because they've had a real great season that started terrifically, petered out, but obviously was sort of because of extenuating circumstances that was their Coupe de la Ligue final that they went on to win European football next season had a decent finish to the season even and both Thomasson and De Costa have been interesting factors and for both of them both scoring creating and uh, giving them the real impetus as well for this team to 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 have the platform to have a such an impressive season yeah exactly um I think Thomasson you know we we saw with 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 non you know he was a he was a good there's nothing again another player that has has really had that stellar season because you know he has uh, he was a solid enough midfielder but but certainly nothing spectacular but he got his his move i think it was a free transfer as well to 
to Strasbourg, and he has been a a real vital player in that midfield. You know, he is he is certainly of a of a box to box variety midfielder. Um, I think probably he's been he's been getting forward a little more than than in his non days, and maybe that's just akin to to the the slightly more attack minded style that Strasbourg play compared to the much more defensively minded Nantes. Um, but again, you know, he has been a, a, a vital player in that Strasbourg team who have obviously impressed so well this season and, and got that, that Coupe de la Ligue success. So, um, you know, justified breakout season, I think, because prior to that, he was, you know, he was okay, but I certainly wouldn't be, you know, clamouring him, clamouring for, for, for him to be joining my team. But, um, you know, Strasbourg have, have done really well, I think, to get the best out of him this season. And then again, De Costa, um, you know, a, a hugely important um, source of goals, I think, for, for Strasbourg, source of creativity. Um, what I quite like about Strasbourg as a team is that they do distribute the goals around. You know, you look and, and not one person has got a huge glut of goals. You know, it's 10 goals here, nine goals here, eight goals here. It is really well spread. Um, but the same goes for the assists as well. They've got creativity um, throughout that team. And and in, in, in Nuno da Costa, I think they have a, they really do have a, um, a a really good player there. You know, eight goals, five assists. Um, again, there's not much more you can say other than just how important he has been to, to Strasbourg's success this season. Yeah, whether it be from the start or whether it be a sort of a substitute to come on and make an impact, Da Costa's had a a really good season. I mean, it's been surprising sometimes that he has been on the bench given the the sort of output he has. But at the same time, the sort of the speedy attacks with the the, the sort of extra vigour he gives the team whenever he's on the pitch, it, it's it's not a surprise to see him uh, really helping them perform this season. Uh, the final one on this list. Uh, Robin Gislan Conan, another player of that Raz defence that really dominated the first half of the season and gave them the platform to be in that mid-table finish. He's certainly one that um, maybe other clubs maybe look at trying to poach this summer if they can because he's had a terrific season. Yeah, I'd quite like to go back to Thomas and just for a second. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think it was partly due to the position he was playing in Nong because when he, when he broke through at Evian, I think it was 2014-15 season, he was a player I really, really liked. He looked really good in a, an attacking midfield position. And then when he moved to Nantes, he was suddenly not quite a defensive midfielder, but he was much more of a central midfielder. He wasn't given the, the creative license he was at Evian. And, you know, he, he certainly faded a little bit. And when he went to Strasbourg, he, as Rich said, he's been, been given a little more, bit more of an opportunity to attack. So... Well, uh, well, it's obviously nice to see him make a breakthrough season. It's, it doesn't come as a complete surprise to me that a change of clubs kind of reinvigorated him. Um, but to go back to Conan, yeah, um, I, I personally can't see him getting a move this summer just because he spent the second half of the season injured. Mm. Um, but obviously the first half of the season, he was one of the most impressive uh, fullbacks in the league. Um, I think we would have seen him as a strong contender to be... Uh, for the team of the year if he had stayed fit. Um, he looked very solid defensively, looked very capable going forward. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be good to see if he can replicate that in the, in the forthcoming campaign. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Credit to to, to Conan on that. He's a uh, real disappointment that he did pick up that knock that uh, 
sort of has curtailed his season that had been um, so excellent for him. But uh, fair play to fair play to him if he can rediscover that form at Ras next season. Should he still be there? Then uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have him on these lists yet again. But Ali Gambri got out of the star of the year. Could have been any of these players. Really, they've all had um, terrific moments. But it is um, Marseille's. Um, Bubakar Kamara, they'll hope that they can be a linchpin for them for, for next season, heading into um, the, let's say, second phase of their champions uh, project, at least anyway. Uh, Liga and top signing of the season, and there's so many that a few have been probably left off of this list, and uh, the four that have been chosen by our select committee are Jose Font at Lille, Florent Mollet at Montpellier, Arba Zanelli of Reims, and Timothy Kolodzijak at Saint-Étienne. Um, Rich I'm going to let you select which one you want to talk about because there's four great <laughs> names in there and four real contenders. Um, go, go ahead. Who would you like to talk about? Um, I'll, I'll go for the player that I picked, um, and that is Jose Font. Um, I think he's he, he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a joke, I think, certainly this side of the channel when when Lille signed him. You know, obviously he's... He's over the hill. He was so great with, with Southampton, didn't really work out at West Ham, went to China, um, you know, obviously got a got his money's worth there. But 35 years old, uh, you know, was, was was he the kind of player that Lille needed? Certainly I, at the start of the season, were thinking, nah, this, this you know, he, he's, he's not going to have the legs. He's not going to be, be in and out of the team, fitness issues, this, that and the other. And, you know, I been absolutely proved completely wrong <laughs> you know he is he has been an absolutely fantastic acquisition for for Lille I think his presence in the center of that defense has been superb um you know there is a reason why why Lille have conceded so few this season Mike Manion is one of the key reasons yes but Jose Font is certainly another um I think at 35 years old to to, to put in the level of performances he has done Week in, week out. It's not anything flashy. Um, you know, he just does the basics very, very well. Um, and, and that's all Lille, I think, needed in that defence. So for, for me, un unquestionably, he has been the signing of the season. I think what he has brought to, to Lille has been a huge factor why they, they got second so impressively. Absolutely, and credit to him. Um, just don't link him with Manchester United again, um, and it might ruin his form again. Really, um, I'll let you pick out the last three as well, Robin. There's some great names: Moles in LA um, and um, Kolasinac as well. They've all been great for the teams. But um, who would you like to talk about? Yeah, I'd go with Timothy Kolasinac um, of San Etienne, uh, largely because they've leaned so heavily on him this season. A lot of centre-backs, Luke Perrin and Nevin Subotic haven't been quite at it, particularly Subotic, who's been terrible in the second half of the season and justly dropped. Kolodzicak's done an outstanding job in the centre of the defence when called upon. He's also worked well on, at left-back when required. Uh, he's obviously at Senetti and he's only on a loan basis, I think, from Tigres. Uh, and... He, he could be the signing of the season again next season if they if they manage to complete that deal on a regular ba on a on a full time basis. I think he's just been exceptionally solid for them. He's provided such a great platform, um, and yeah, a great piece of business to get him in. Mm, absolutely, and uh, great to do it on these kind of deals because the last two, Zanelli and Molle, I'll have a little bit of a talk about because I'm 
pretty sure everyone at home will be thinking of the person I will be voting for. And uh, Obers and Ailey has had a terrific half the season around. So added a real impetus to them, creativity, even goals as well. I know he's adored dearly in, in, in Kosovo for what he's done for his, his nation in such a small time, scoring really important goals and, and uh, showing up and showing his love for the for the nation as well, even in its early steps in the uh, sort of UEFA for qualifying rounds and even a chance at European Championships. He's exactly the kind of player Ras has needed and maybe it's only a, a half step for him to towards other big things, maybe it's come this time next summer, but uh, a player that Ras will will be delighted to keep on the books and someone I will thoroughly enjoy for, for another couple of, uh, well, hopefully another year at least. But my actual vote went to Florent Morley um, at Montpellier. I think he's had a tremendous season since joining from Mets. A creative flair that they needed as a winger, as an attacking midfielder, whenever he's needed, he's, he's shown up. He's got a good, some terrific goals, some some great assists. He's really contributed to a team that looks transformed this season. Does Zakarian teams always feel like defensive powerhouses and Montpellier have turned into a offensive juggernaut at times sometimes, which seems so strange to think about, but him, he's been a real factor in that. But the winner of our award is Jose Font of Lille. A terrific season for him. I mean, like Rich said, I think a lot of people may have thought he was a little bit over the hill, but um, it just shows you sometimes that um, talent, well, it's the classic. It's the the classic statement of form is temporary, class is permanent, and Font has had a tremendous season. On to the one that no one really wants to win: um, Liga flop of the season, and the nominees on this one are sorry, Kaba at Dijon, Leandro Paredes at PSG, Nasser Chadli at Monaco, and Nemanja Radonjic at Marseille. It's not been a great year for any of these players, but Robin for Leonardo Paredes, it's been. Poor. It's been disappointing every time he's made the field, at least. But not only that, he's in sort of the tug of war of the sort of powers that be trying to. Well, it should be an indictment of him because each one is trying to blame the other for his signing. So it's not the greatest of looks, is it? No, and uh, I think when you see the amount of money that he he moved to PSG for, that's it's, it's embarrassing. Frankly, um, I'm not entirely sure what he's meant to do in the PSG team. It doesn't look like he's entirely sure. Um, it doesn't really look as though he can bring anything to the team. Uh, he just looks like a poor man's... Well, we've been having this discussion in, internally with some colleagues and, you know, he looks like a poor man's Michael Carrick. He, he just simply doesn't do anything. Uh, and for, I think it was €45 million, Euro, it, it's just a complete waste. Um, it seems like his career at PSG is already over. Um, and it just, just terrible, just terrible. Absolutely, and I, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Poor man's Michael Carrick, or the very, very poor man's kind of Michael Carrick. I think you might find on that one. To be a fair, poor Michael Carrick, I think, would probably be the way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, um, maybe my version of Michael Carrick. Maybe if I try to imitate him, imitate him on the on the field, maybe is what Paredes is doing at the moment. At least uh, Nasser Chadley is another one that at least English fans will remember greatly. Rich, um, he had some decent years in in English football, but. Um, even in the mess that was Monaco, he was a non-factor, really. Yeah, he probably sort of sums, to a degree anyway, sort of sums up Monaco this year. It was a, you felt it was a little bit of a panic buy. You know, they'd obviously bought so many really, really young players, you know, sort of 16, barely any football. You, you know, they felt, oh, God, we better bring someone a bit experienced in. 
quick Google search, who's available on, on the cheap, who's available on the free. Um, okay, he played at the World Cup. Let's let's bring him in. Um, no real thought, I think, as to as to, to to what he could offer the team, no real thought as to where he would play. Um, yeah, he got six he played 16 games, but no goals, no assists. It was just a, a, a bit of a pointless signing, a bit of a waste of, of, of money in terms of wages. Probably that time and effort that went into signing him could have been better spent bringing in other players. Just a, a really disappointing signing. Um, but I suppose the argument is, is is if you weren't expecting much to begin with, could it really be a, as much of a disappointment? But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's failed on all counts. So really not great. I think for for fifteen million odd euros, I think Monaco would have been expecting something, and you know he provided absolutely nothing. He didn't even look like a footballer at times. He was another player who was just simply terrible. The fact that Rich, much like Rich, picked up, I, I if you'd have told me he'd played sixteen appearances this season, even coming off the bench, I'd have told you you've lying. Um, <laughs> to say you were an anonymous at a club that did absolutely nothing is a pretty sad statement of affairs. The the other two, Robin Nemanja Rodonjic maybe didn't have a fair shake of the stick. He's had a couple of chances in the last half of the season and done uh, moments that are okay, but a lot was expected of him. And, and uh, this list was sort of done uh, a couple of weeks before the end of the season. So sorry, Cabba, uh, despite his poor season, has probably played the most important part of Dijon's season now with his tackle of the, of the goalkeeper Vashu in the, in the uh, second leg of the relegation playoff. So he's probably redeemed anything he had in terms of flop of the signing as well, just in that one game. Yeah, um, he's obviously arrived in January from Elche and there was a lot expected of him. He didn't, until last night, he hadn't done anything at all. Um, but as you say, securing Dijon's league on status probably eradicates him a little bit from this list. Um, obviously, we'll want to see a bit more from him in the future. Uh, and Radonic, like you say, wasn't really given a, a fair crack initially. But when he has been given a chance, he's, he's, he's really not performed up to standard. I think there's been maybe one or two games where he's, he's kind of looked like he might become a player, but uh, he's certainly not provided what Marseille would hope from him yet. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do this year. Is it cash in time or is it maybe give him a second chance? We shall see at least anyway. The winning of our award this season, uh, an awful four of them are deserving in one way or the other um, but it goes to Nasser Chadley the anonymous man at, at Monaco unfortunately gets the uh, accolade of flop signing of the year Five more, oh, four more awards to go at least anyway and some of our favourites to come including Liga manager of the year there's some great candidates for this one this season and a couple even left off the list which shows you how good it has been but the men that have made the order is David Guion at Rance, uh, Christophe Galtier at Lille, Julien Stefan at Rennes and Jean-Louis Gasset at Saint-Étienne. I mean, you could have added two or three more names onto there, but we'll start Rich, where else were you would want to start? Because Stefan has had a great season, despite sort of league position at the end, but they've extended his contract. There's less worries about him going anywhere now, at least any anyway. That's all settled and terrific news for Rennes and more than anything, that cup win uh, was absolutely massive, and the Europa League run—it's it's all communicated into what has been a, an excellent year under Stefan. Yeah, I mean, he'll go down in folklore now. I mean, he could probably do absolutely nothing next season, and the Ren fans would still love him for for what he's done this season. Um, I think certainly the style of play that he's looking to bring into Ren—it's 
it's not fully there yet, but the style of play that he's looking to bring into Ren is, is really good. The big thing with him is just how much the players connect with him. Um, you know, it, you can tell that he has got that that sort of tap into to his father Guy Stefan and the French setup and and their system of 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 bringing the players and and connecting with them at a, at a at a sort of emotional level, if you like, getting that real connection between coach and players um, and players that played under Stefan in the youth setup, like Joris Nagnon, have come out and praised him for. For, for just that just that thing. So it's great to see that the, the players really play for him. And we saw at the end of the season, so many players coming out saying, you know, Julian Stefan needs to be here next season. Um, so it's great that he's got that contract offer. Um, I think the league form, yeah, it was a little bit patchy, but it, it, it coincided, I think, with that run in the Europa League. Ren didn't really have the squad to to manage both. It was quite refreshing to see them put so much into the Europa League. Um, obviously, Cup success was fantastic. They had that that brilliant night in in Seville when they 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 beat Real Betis. That brilliant night at Rose on Park where they 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 really did trounce Arsenal three um, one. Um, both, both obviously in the Europa League. It's been a really excellent first season. He's only thirty-eight. Um, certainly, I think the best young manager uh, in in France this season. Yeah, there's been some terrific candidates for for managers, but I'm sure many would disagree with you on that one, Rich. Um, a lot to pick from, really, for for you, Robin. But I'm going to go with the 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 man that has got from bottom to top really in, in many ways and that's Christophe Galtier and not just that this season to take Lille where they have been to the Champions League and, and, and so forth and a, a great turnaround under him but the transformation of football under him as well we we associated Galtier teams along with Saint-Étienne as being incredibly defensive and fair play to Jean-Louis Gasset for changing that around a little bit this season as well but especially for Galtier um, to to have a more exciting system, to still have a bit of solidity, to to get this team to where it's been is is nothing been nothing short of tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he certainly had the backing of the board. Is, is what I would say. Um, but obviously, he's managed to to use his experience at San Etienne to to get Jonathan Bamba to to Lille, who we've discussed already as having been such an important part of their team. Uh, you know when he when he took charge the eighteen months ago, as you said, they were they were down in the dumps, they were in the relegation zone, and it looked distinctly like they could go down. Uh, particularly since they were under a transfer embargo and couldn't couldn't sign anybody. Uh, over the course of the summer, they totally transformed that, uh, and they've just been excellent this season. They've been largely very consistent, and I, I think any league on team that can beat PSG as convincingly as they did. Uh, towards the end of the season, put five past PSG at home, and in the style they did as well was was, was really formidable. Uh, that was a, was a big statement of intent for me, uh, and it, it shows that they can be a force next year in the in the Champions League if they can reinforce their squad properly. Yeah, that's the only real shame of this Lille team, isn't it? That we probably seeing the ends of it just as it's beginning as well, which is a, a real shame because it'd be great to see how this team could really do in the in the Champions League if they could financially keep all these players together. But the final two, Rich, two great seasons for both of them. Um, David Guion got 
Rice into an incredible position. It slipped a little bit in the sort of second, well, the, the final third of the season, you can say, but um, the fact that they were defensive to becoming an entertaining team was showed the sort of class that he's gotten. Um, Jean-Louis Gasset, unfortunately, who we won't be seeing next season at Saint-Étienne, but that's the the sort of the sort of fever from the from the players after he said he was going and that they wanted his assistant to to take over just shows how much affection and how much rapport he's built over such a short period of time with those players as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at the mess that he sort of inherited. He sort of had to come in after the initial um, sort of um, post Galtier crisis season or season and a bit. Uh, he he was then brought in to try and sort of clean things up and, and sort things out and sort things out. He did, you know, he's been pretty much a career assistant coach, first team coaches sort of here and there. But, um, you know, this was sort of the, the, the big one, if you like. And, um, you know, he, he got Saint-Étienne playing a really excellent brand of football, a brand of football. I don't think we've seen from a Saint-Étienne team in quite some time. I think you probably have to go back to, to the days where they had, um, you know, they had the likes of Aubameyang. Um, you know, it was an attack-minded, for certainly for a Santetti team, a very attack-minded style of football, um, you know, aided with some really good players like Remy Cabea, like, like Wabi Kasri, as we've mentioned. Um, it wasn't that sort of stodgy defensive football that perhaps worked to a degree uh, towards the end of the Gautier-Santetienne era. Um it, it was great to see. He's had such a, you know, he's had such a fantastic career as Gasse. Um, you know, he confirmed that at the end of the season, he got them fourth, so nearly got them third spot. Um, that he was going to step away. He wanted to spend time with his family. He obviously recently has lost his wife. He wants to go back to to the Montpellier region, which is where he's from and where he's got so much connection, and just basically wants to sort of just step away from it all. So it, it's it's quite an emotional story, really. So. But certainly one that 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 has allowed him to go out at the very top because this has certainly, I think, been one of one of Saint-Étienne's most impressive seasons, probably since they won. You go back to when they won the Coupe de la Ligue in two thousand thirteen. Um, David Guillaume, um, again, another youngish manager. Um, at one point, we all thought Are Rams actually going to do this. You know, they were pushing for a for a European spot. Um, yes, it, it fell away slightly towards the end of the season where they finished on a high um, beating PSG 3-1 on the last day of the season. But um, again, a really, a really excellent season um, in terms of the sort of under the radar success stories. Maybe they're just behind um, Nîmes and maybe just behind Strasbourg in terms of that eighth place finish. They were only four points off what in any other season probably would have been a, a European spot in, in terms of sixth spot. Um, but again, you know, a really excellent season, a really nice style of football as well. Um, you know, it's really refreshing to see these these teams like Rams, like Neem coming up. They're not scared. They're not afraid. They come up, they play a really attractive style of football. Um, they don't have the superstars in their team. They really don't. But what the likes of, of, of Guillaume are good at, getting the best out of those fringe players, out of those players that most of the teams would, would probably just gloss over. They bring them in, they nurture them, and he gets the best out of them. So he's done a really, really top job this season. 
yeah, credit to them. Credit to even a number of people that aren't on this list. There's been some real great jobs. Pelissier will will miss out on next season, but he did excellent to keep Ami on up and uh, and uh, at Strasbourg as well. The the job done by uh, oh, his name escapes me at the moment. I'm, there we go, Laura. Yes, I'm, I'm, there's too many names for me to say tonight. That it's, 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 it's prazzling my brain a little bit. But the award uh, goes to Christophe Galtier. I don't think it could really go to anyone else. He's done a, had a tremendous season in the turnaround. He's done it at Lille under trying circumstances. Have been uh, really terrific. A uh, Frenchman abroad uh, now, and a number of good players that. Uh, would have already seen this season. It's Luca Dean of Everton, Moussa Sissoko at Tottenham, Clement Lengle at Barcelona and Karim Benzema at Real Madrid. Uh, I'm going to keep this one a little bit briefer at least. we just talk about two on this one and, and Robin, I'll start with uh, Karim Benzema with yourself. It's was always going to be a little bit of a difficult season with Real Madrid losing Cristiano Ronaldo. And the big question really was, rather than the Gareth Bales and the East Coast of the world, was how Benzema would react without, well, in a post-Ronaldo world. And he uh, reacted pretty superbly. Yeah, uh, for me, Benzema has been a player who's been hugely underrated at Real Madrid for several seasons now. I think he continues to be quite underrated at Real Madrid, despite having an excellent campaign. Um, he's never quite managed to win the fans over entirely, um, but he's he's been the main man for them this season. Admittedly, it's been a poor campaign for them, certainly by Real Madrid standards. But you know he's come up with a lot of important goals, and consistently too. Um, he's had to shoulder a huge amount of the burden, and he's done it very very well. Yeah, and looking at um, another big player this season at least for, for his club at Everton Luca Dean we know he's had talent previously but he's he's maybe had a couple of sideways moves PSG didn't work out Barcelona seemed like a, a stretch knowing that he'd be a number two but at Everton with uh, Bain sort of winding down he's really filled in the role there Rich uh, he has I think he's been really impressive um, and certainly I think in terms of the Premier League one of the underrated signings of the season um, it's been great to see him get back to that. We obviously saw what a huge talent he was at Lille. As you say, moves to PSG, moves to Italy, moves to Barcelona. Haven't really worked out. Form dropped, lost his place in the France team, um, but has got the move back to Everton. He's playing week in, week out, playing really well. Fantastic set pieces, uh, fantastic um, crosser of the ball. Uh, you know, a really, really excellent left back. Um, and has been rewarded with a with recall to the to the French team, and doesn't look out of place. Um, I think he was voted Everton Player of the Season as well. So a, a really really standout player, I think, this season. Yeah, credit to him. He's been uh, he's a uh, really had a nice season for them, and and a couple of players. Uh, Musa Sissoko had, had a bit of a bounce back this year with Tottenham, given the fact that he's maligned a lot of times for France and for for club for a while. It's great to see him get uh, some recognition and Lengle um, sealing that spot as sort of centre back next to PK this season in a sort of downturn for from TT. It looks like it would be a fight between those two, unless uh, Delict is the one to join, which is uh, a bit likely. But the award does go to maybe slightly controversially, at least to abroad fans, maybe not to those in England. It is Luca Dean of Everton who takes the award. Maybe Benzema's Real Madrid struggling a little bit this season as it is convinced to vote as one way, but Dean has had an excellent season for Everton and great to see him recover some form. A French First Division female footballer of the year and 
a great list full of quality players, as Leon tend to have really in female football at the moment. Um, uh, the list goes with Ada Hedeberg of Leon, uh, Amal Mari of uh, Leon, as well as well as their teammate Eugenie Lesomer, as well as Kadidatu uh, Diani of PSG. Some great names there, but there is possibly one headliner um, on that one. Rich, uh, she might not be playing in the World Cup this summer because of her um, sort of standing against uh, rights of pay in, in, in her home country of Norway. But uh, Ada Hedeberg, um, Hedeberg is, is, a, is a total force of football at the moment in, in women's football and uh, a, a great player to have um, on Leon's side and someone who's been incredibly influential. Uh, she has. I mean, she is an absolute machine <laughs> when it comes to goal scoring. Um, I mean... 20 goals in 20 games represents actually quite a poor return for her um, when you consider that last season she got 31 goals in 20 games. Um, I think obviously the standout story for her this season was that 16-minute hat-trick in the in the Women's Champions League final. You know, a fantastic player, uh, you know, first winner of the, 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 the female Ballon d'Or. There's, there's nothing that she can't win. You know, you look at her stats... The goal scoring stats, are, you know, they're, they're just mind boggling. You know, we all think that the, the, the Messi and Ronaldo goal scoring stats are something. Hegerberg is in a completely different league when it comes to that. Um, so phenomenal goal scorer. I think I, I would just probably just just bring um, mention to, to Amel Madri as well. I think a left back. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not a glamorous position, but she has had a, an excellent season. Um, you know, nine nine assists from left back, um, ten goals this season. Um, she's been a, a fantastic player and another who we will see at the World Cup for France and on on home soil, of course, this summer. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's certainly had a stellar season as well. Yeah, some great names in there. And PSG pushed Leon all the way domestically. Robin, I mean, Le Sommer has been a, a great player for, for a number of years. And Diani sort of being the, the highlight of a of a great, finally, at least PSG side um, that um, fought what is really the, the best female team in, in the in not just in the nation, but in Europe and um, feared even maybe across the continent as well with the, the power that Leon have got. But a great season for those both as well and, and well-deserving of, of their place on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to say I don't get a chance to catch much women's football, um, but what I have seen of PSG and Leon, they, they've both impressed me immensely. Um, obviously, PSG are, are looking to, to kind of uh, take away Leon's grip domestically and, and in Europe. But um, from what I've seen, Leon appeared to be streets ahead of everybody else. Um, certainly in, in the Champions League final, they were hugely impressive in terms of their their physicality. Um, they played Barcelona all over the field, um, and yeah, it, it looks like they've got a, a, a pretty strong grip on the women's game at the moment. Mm, absolutely, and uh, I suppose the winner of our award probably comes to surprise of no one. That is uh, Arda Hegerberg, the the current Ballon d'Or. Winner, she's a like Rich said, a real tour de force of women's football at the moment, and uh, um, it'd be a shame not to see her at the World Cup. But we absolutely stand by what she's saying in terms of workers' pay that she wants to be getting the same f as the men would do. And I'm pretty sure if you, if there's any footballer that should be making that stand, it should be the best in the world at the moment, and uh, she's truly deserving of that position. But on to our final award for this evening. Uh, we finally got through all the great. Uh, 
names uh, to head on to our final prestigious award. And that's the Liga and Player of the Year and four names that have a possibility of winning this. Angel Di Maria, Teji Savanier, Kylian Mbappe and Nicola Pepe. We've mentioned all four of them so far this the evening at least anyway so i'm going to give this one a little bit more simple rich who should win and why um my my vote goes for not only their achievements this season but also the impact they have on their team and if i base it on that for me it, it might come as a bit of a shock because mbappe probably is is is, a, is the favorite but i give that award to pepe robin I would like to give it to Pepe because I think his numbers have been brilliant, but I think Mbappe's one of the top three footballers in the world at the moment for me. Um, I just can't see how you can overlook him for this award, so I'm going Mbappe. Yeah, it's two excellent players, really. Di Maria, credit to him for for an excellent season, but I think he's maybe outclassed in this quality, as well as Savanier, who has the numbers and has the underground approach, at least anyway, but he's maybe just left in the wind. Uh, but the winner of our league, our player of the year for 2019-20, oh, sorry, 2018-19, I apologise, not next year yet, but uh, our winner for award this year, it's Nicola Pepe of Lille. Um, he's had a tremendous season. It's difficult to pick between two of the best players in the league on the season. And uh, um, maybe um, the the marginal vote for, for Mbappe for the young player of the year. We had a fair amount of fan votes. It was very close, even in the fan voting for between Pepe and, and Mbappe. And it's probably split our experts as well. Mbappe, well-deserving of the two awards he's got tonight. But Nicola Pepe is our league uh, player of the year. Congratulations to everyone involved. And if you do want to see some extra interesting awards that we have, we do have our Guardian article with Eric and Adam giving out some excellent awards, including goals of the season, saves of the season. Do check it out. It's a great little read as always. And that's all we have time for, for the league R season. Now, thanks to Rich, Robin, and all of you listening at home. We will have one more show for you next week based on the French internationals, including last night's game, as well as the game coming up at the weekend. So that will be back on Monday. But for now, the Liga season is in the books. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your summer. There will be plenty of speculation to come. But for now, Abianto and goodbye. <laughs>